An hour to the south of Edinburgh, on the banks of the River Tweed, lies the historic town of Galashiels. The town was established to provide accommodation for pilgrims making the journey to Melrose Abbey, which is a short four-mile walk to the southeast and soon to be the subject of its own episode. Humans have lived in the area for far longer, however, and there's evidence of this to the west of the town. For 11 and a half miles, there runs the Catrail, a linear Pictish earthwork built, it's believed, to mark a territorial boundary rather than for defensive purposes. Galashiels, or Gala as it's more commonly known, has played a pivotal role in Scottish history and changed hands many times in the Wars of Independence, which is depicted in the town's coat of arms an image of a fox trying to pick plums from a tree with the motto, Sur Plums. Sur Plums dates back to 1337, when a group of English soldiers resting nearby after picking and eating wild plums were surprised and defeated by Gala townsfolk. About three miles north of the town centre, on a prominent hillside, stands the dark and foreboding ruins of Buckholm Tower. Buckholm Tower, named after the hill it was built on, was constructed in 1582 and replaced an older structure that stood on the same site, but was destroyed in 1570. The tower was built and owned by the Pringle family, one of the oldest families in the borders and at one point squires to the Earls of Douglas and a clothing brand Pringles was set up by Robert Pringle from the area. Today's story centres on a Pringle whose legacy left a far darker imprint on the area than his more famous relations. Today's story is about the 17th century laird James Pringle an evil man by any measure. The Earl, his wife and his young son lived in Buckholm towards the latter part of the 1700s. This won't have been a happy household. It was widely known that he was a wicked man who badly mistreated his wife and child to the point they were terrified of his drunken outbursts. On one evening, after retreating to the safety of their locked rooms, they noticed the Earl had drunk himself into a stupor and had fallen asleep in his chair. Seizing this opportunity, his wife and son made good their escape, leaving all their earthly possessions behind them, melting into the darkness, never to set eyes on the devilish Earl again. Several hours passed before the effects of the whisky wore off and the Earl discovered his family had fled. This outrageous act, as he felt it, was to drive his hatred of women and anger to new, despicable levels. Locals said that no lass was safe in his presence. The Earl was a staunch supporter of the government. His hatred of women was only matched by his hatred of those who stood in opposition to them, particularly the Covenanters. 
Mounted infantry called Dragoons were created and Pringle was called up by them to support them in their bid to rid the country of Covenanters. Word got back to them that there had been a Covenanter gathering in the area and with his local knowledge, Pringle soon deduced where they were held up and the Dragoons set about to find them. However, the group had been tipped off and fled the area and when the Dragoons arrived, only the owners of the property an ageing man and his young son remained. Unsatisfied with his outcome, spoiling for violence and with his anger and bloodlust boiling over, Pringle drew his sword and was ready to execute the men where they stood. But the Dragoon commander wanted no bloodshed and instructed the Earl to take the men prisoner, to be held in the dungeon of Buckholm Tower. On return to the tower, the infantrymen and the Earl dined and drank and bemoaned the escape of the Covenanter's cell. Soon it was time for the Dragoon to return and the Earl was left alone with his captives and with an unquenched thirst for blood. A scream rang out from below, from the dungeon. This angered the Earl even further and he slammed his drink down on the table, then rushed down to the dungeons, throwing the door open. The young captive was in a panic. His elderly father had taken ill and he needed aid. Believing they were just prisoners and were to be taken elsewhere the next day, he felt no danger from the Earl. On seeing the wrath all over Pringle's face, the young man knew he was mistaken. Pringle wanted silence, and silence he would have. So he set about beating the silence into the men, not stopping until they made no more sound. The groans had stopped, and the laboured breathing had ceased. Free from distraction, he returned to his drinking. After a while, the silence of the night was shattered by a knock at the entrance to the tower. Furious, he bellowed, Who dares disturb me? and ran for the door. Opening it, he was met with the figure of an old, frail woman, demanding to know where her son and husband were. Realising who she was, he grabbed her by her hair and dragged her to the dungeon, where he'd not long silenced them. With a diabolical laugh, he threw the door open and pointed to his handiwork. What the old woman witnessed was beyond comprehension. Her family's battered bodies had been hung from hooks in the ceiling. Heartbroken, she cried out in torment and anger and fell to her knees, sobbing uncontrollably. The drunken Earl couldn't stand the sounds of her wails and screamed at her, calling her a witch and demanding silence. At this, the woman cursed him, cursing him for what he'd done to her menfolk and cursing him for all eternity, telling him the hounds of hell would pursue him forever, even in death. These words stuck with the Earl, and from the moment she uttered them, he believed the curse was true, and on many occasions he believed he was being chased by a pack of ghostly hounds. 
What happens next is not accurately recorded, but he's said to have died soon after, and it's believed he died a slow and painful death. Locals believed that the old woman's words had come true, and that the hounds of hell had finally caught the wicked Earl. On the first anniversary of Pringle's death, a servant working outside the tower late one night witnessed the figure of a man breathlessly running towards the tower, and proceeded to hammer on the door as if trying to get in. Soon the banging stopped and the man turned away from the door, and at the same time a howl was heard in the distance. That was soon joined by another howl, then another, then another. Soon a pack of ghostly dogs appeared and ran towards the man. He was stood with his back to the tower door, screaming for help. Help that never came. As the hounds attacked, biting and tearing at the figure, an anguished cry was heard before the dogs were seen to drag him away, presumably to hell, to suffer for the evil deeds he'd committed in life. This terrifying scene is said to be replayed every year on the anniversary of the death of Pringle. Howls and screams permeate the silence at night and terrified the locals so much, they requested the Reverend Henry Davidson carry out an exorcism on the tower and cast out the deal of Buckholm in the late 18th century. His efforts were in vain, as the apparition of Pringle has been seen many times since. I recently took a trip to the tower, and although access is now restricted due to the poor state of the structure, the atmosphere is thick and heavy, and I can understand why some locals avoid the area. Does the evil and hatred the Earl displayed in life stain the land he lived on? And does the Devil of Buckholm still bite in Buckholm Tower? <laughs>